are now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea, piping hot. So grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Everybody, it's Friday, April 30th, 2021. From this day until whenever, if I am found dead or missing, Calford Colin Wyson Hill, my ex-partner, and my baby father is the person who did it. There's already a bunch of reports at the West Bay Police Station. We've been to court several times. I've even done a restraining order against him in the past. None of it has worked. He still constantly stalks me, and the police aren't of any help to me. And people around me have started to let go because they realize that it's a stalemate. No matter how much help and effort they put in, it's going to continue to be the same thing. All right.
So trying to control and manipulate me as a child didn't work. So let's just say most of my days at school were absolute fucking hell. I was one of the top students in those motherfucking classes. I had some of the best fucking grades. Academically, I was thriving. Spiritually, I became empty. So my grandmother would do, she would take me up in the hills and just let me roam freely. But me being free in the wilderness came with its own consequences. And of course, with my our church relationship withering away, we had no spiritual protection from the Adventist church. So my family ended up turning to other means to keep us safe because I'm not the only special child in the family. Which is why I find so much comfort in witchcraft and not Christianity. Big thank you worldwide to the people who reached out to me and showed their support. And I want to give a special thank you to the Cayman community. Without all of your calls, concerns to the police, towards the police, I would be locked up in jail right now because I pulled pepper spray on that person, on my child's father yesterday because he tried to attack me. He tried to break into my car to put his... Specifically, he was going to beat me with a fucking Heineken bottle. See what I'm saying? Because of, the, because of the post that I made. I can't stay silent on this no more. Even if it don't save my life, it may save the next woman or child or man's life, right? I have medical, their medical records at the Georgetown Hospital of when Colin abused me and I had to go in. The last time, I had to get an MRI scan on my head because they thought my skull was fractured. See what I'm saying? Colin has already been to court for threats to kill me. I believe on only one occasion I reported it, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. There's all kind of pictures and evidence at the West Bay Police Station, and one occurrence, one document, supposed to, it's supposed to be one document at the Georgetown Police Station. People, I went to the West Bay Police Station yesterday to make a statement against Colin and press charges against him, and during my statement, the officer Ram San from the Westwood Police Station started to interrogate me. And I say interrogating because he was pressing me about the video I posted on TikTok on Friday. He ended up indirectly referring to me as the boy who cried wolf. I just want to let you guys know that I'm terrified. I feel terror in my heart. I don't know how any of this is going to turn out. I could get, I could even get in legal trouble for mentioning a police officer's name. And I'm definitely in deep shit with Colin because after making that video, he, he tried to break into my car while I was inside of it to assault me with a fucking Heineken bottle. And even though all of that happened, even though all of that happened, I have a video on my phone, showed it to the cop. I still got like the blank stare. What the fuck that's supposed to do for me? Am I really supposed to sit down and wait to die? This is why people take things into their own hands. Where's y'all empathy?
All right, let's go back to the other audio. Good morning, everyone. I don't know what happened to my little lapel mic this morning, but no bueno. It just doesn't want to work. So I don't know. I shall just unplug it. Um, but thank God I have two options for audio. And uh, that one just doesn't want to play nice today. So good morning, everyone. I'll maybe play with that a little bit later on. Buenos dias, buenos dias. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let's get this show on the road because we got a lot to talk about today. Um, so not... So... Um, some not so good news. Before we get into that situation with the young lady there, which I do want to talk about because I think it brings up a number of um, issues. Um, All right, um, my apologies. Okay, so um, a sad day here in the Cayman Islands this morning. Um, I, I, I can't even believe it, to be honest, because you guys know what, on Fridays, I always say to everybody, listen, I don't know what it is about weekends in the Cayman Islands, but it looks like if we're gonna have a road fatality, Probably 95% of them do happen over the weekend. And I always beg you guys to just be careful on the roadways. Don't speed, don't drink and drive, just obey the rules in terms of the road rules. And um, now all of a sudden, you know, we have a situation um, that uh, unfortunately, we're having to tell you guys today about another young Caymanian father of um, several children who has lost his life in a fatality last night around 9.30. We got the news that he was on a motorbike and um, I believe he lives in West Bay and that yes, he was um, unfortunately killed last night. So we do know who he is. Um, we we knew right away, in fact, but we did not initially announce it because I understand that he's got contacts. Um, his his mom might be in the UK at the moment, from what my sources have told me, as well as I think he has one of his children um, and the baby mother in the UK as well. So um, it looks like he might have three, upwards of three children, based on what I saw. Um, so, yeah, really, really sad. Very, very sad situation. Um, I don't... I don't know what else to even say at this point, like honestly, except condolences to his family. Um, so 
his case is a very, very interesting case because there are, in fact, some peculiar things about him. Um, someone says that she's in came. I heard that she was overseas. I don't know if she was visiting. I saw her not that long ago, actually. So is she actually here or was she in the UK visiting? Because someone said that they thought she was overseas, perhaps visiting. Um, but yeah, I, I know, I mean, I'm sure by now most of you guys know exactly who he is. And, um, you know, it, he, he's, he's actually very well known uh, for a reason because his mom challenged the Cayman Islands government back in the day when it was not even acceptable to challenge the government. His mother did so. And um, they actually won their case. And it was a bit of a landmark case here in the Cayman Islands as it relates to, to dreadlocks. So our um, condolences that go out to the family. Um, I understand that the mom might actually be here, but she is on island. Yeah, very sad uh, for her to lose her son. I can't recall how many children she has. Um, but I mean, it doesn't matter, as you well know, when you're a parent, I mean, you could have one, you could have probably 50. And if you lose even one, it has to be one of the um, most tragic things in the world to ever happen to a mother. So there's not a whole lot of details. We just know that it happened um, in Northwest Point. And his... Um, Northwest Point Road, right by Coral Gables, and it does involve a white vehicle. We have received several photos this morning. We also know that the roadway remains closed as the police are carrying out their respective investigation. So again, um, we wish to extend our condolences to his family. We understand he actually has several children. Um, he has one child that lives in the UK and three children that live in Cayman. So thank you for that information. And of course, condolences to um, all the mothers of his children and his children, because now, although they're very, very young, I'm sure, they will have to grow up um, without a father. And, you know, that will impact their lives um, in a negative way as well. So we can only hope that... Um, there is some um, there is some healing for them that can happen. Oh, um, very, very difficult situation. It's even more challenging like when you know people, you know, like I'm like, oh my God, I used to work with his mom at a local law firm. And I remember when she was challenging the government and I thought, you know what, even back then it was so unpopular um, to challenge the government that people who did, I always took my hats off to them. So, um, so thank you, Sharon confirms that his mom is here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I don't know where that person got that information that she's in the UK, but I'll let her know. I'll let that person know. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I saw her. I feel like I just recently, recently saw her, like maybe just a couple weeks ago even. Um, so, I don't even know what to say. And I would see him occasionally as well, you know, here and there, but very, very sad. And by all accounts, a really nice young man. Um, I don't even know what to say. Okay, so of course that was unfortunate uh, situation that happened last night. And um, we are now um, having to deal with, yeah, maybe they had the information confused with the with um, the baby mother that and daughter that lives in the UK. So yeah, we can only extend our condolences to the family and of course our prayers to them um, for some degree of healing. Um, it's just horrible, really, really and truly horrible, very tragic indeed. So over the weekend, there was a lot I feel like going on. And one of the things that was happening was that video that you guys saw there with this young lady who had first posted the video on, I believe it was Friday, about being in an abusive relationship. So sometimes you see these things. Of course, we never know the full story of exactly what's going on, right? So, you know, you take people at their word. You hope that no one would ever joke about being in an abusive relationship because this is something very, very serious. So her first video, that was a compilation of all of the videos that we received. And she did at least four or five over the weekend. So I don't know if she was trying to get some sort of a release from doing these videos. I mean, the first video is like, listen, if anything ever happens to me, this is the person who probably did it because I'm in this abusive relationship. Now, having said that, my sources have indicated to me that she, and she actually says it later on in one of the videos, she has made a lot of complaints but never any formal report so that the police could move forward with charges. So I want to say this um, about that situation. And again, I don't know who this young lady is. I don't know who the baby daddy is. But I think that one needs to understand how the system works, first of all. And so I think that this is one of those teachable movements. I'm trying to, somebody sent me all the details of like how many police reports were made. Um, I think this is, where did this one go? Yeah, so someone sent me like it's a ton of, oh, here we go. This is what someone said. Um, 95 arrests, threatened to kill her over the years, reports, no, 95 reports, the person who said arrest, but it's actually 95 reports, I guess different incidents, 17 arrests, um, fail court, no fine, payments, damage to property, five pages worth of offense, theft, driving without, um, I guess a license or insurance, assault, and 
He's from Doran Cayman, and I've been told. So apparently there's a long list of back and forth with this young man and this young lady. Now, I don't know how many of the 95 reports she actually says in her video that she only filed like one that resulted in charges. The issue with that is you cannot, when you really believe that your life is on the line, take anything that someone like that does um, as a joke. You can't afford to give people second chances. I mean, if you are really concerned about your life, let me assure you that you also need to do your part. Yes, I believe the system fails us. I believe the system does not do what they're supposed to be doing in terms of sometimes you follow the system by the book and they still are not protecting you. But if you're not following it by the book, then you got a problem. And this is where every single young person needs to comprehend and needs to understand their role. Young, old, it doesn't matter. When I say young person, I don't necessarily mean um, that you have to be young to be a victim of abuse. Anybody can be a victim. But the one thing that you must do as a victim is you need to mitigate your situation as quickly as possible. So what do I mean by mitigate your situation? Well, first of all, you need to get out. Yeah? So listen, you've heard us say in this program numerous times, and I'll say it again and again and again, when someone shows you who they are, don't ask them to show you a second time. If a man hits you once, Believe me, he will hit you again and again and again and again. So don't fall for, and this is where we need to be teaching our young women in particular, but even young men can be victims of abuse. It's far less likely, but there is different types of abuse. There's emotional abuse and um, not always just physical abuse. But this is now where as adults who are a little bit more seasoned than our young people, we need to be explaining to them that, hey, if someone mistreats you physically, emotionally, whatever the case may be, you need to get out. That person is not worth you staying in a dysfunctional relationship for. And I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're your first boyfriend. Our young women in particular. Oh, sorry. But even young men can be victims of abuse. Oh, my apologies. Um, yeah, I don't care if it's like your first boyfriend and you think you're in love or, you know, whatever the situation is, you really need to get out. And we need to teach our young people to have confidence in themselves. I know, listen, we've all been there. We have all been there. Like your first love, you feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to love anybody like this again. And we get it. And I guess when you have children with someone, uh, that makes you want to work things out with them even more. Don't do it. It's not going to be worth your life. It's not going to be worth the dysfunctional components of what your children will have to endure or anything else. So yeah, this is the this is the question and this is the psychology of victims. Unfortunately, it's not Britta um, that women like abuse. It's that they they themselves are so broken. They themselves need counseling and professional help that unfortunately 
um, the cycle of abuse often started long before that relationship. So I want you guys to listen to what she says again, because I always say that the devil are in the details, right? And she talks about having grown up in some sort of dysfunctional home. She does mention, and I want to apologize for her profanity, because I think that unfortunately, because of her profanity um, that is used in the subsequent videos, it kind of takes away from her message. But as someone pointed out, she's probably just angry. And that is certainly one way of expressing anger. We've all been there where you'll pop off some words. And she was sharing these people, these videos on social media, but I want you to listen to what she says about her childhood. And she does mention witchcraft, which I don't know exactly what she's talking about, to be quite honest. Um, It sounds like she grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist church because she mentioned them. Do you guys remember some months back when we had that young man, Justin Frazier, on the show about having been, um, he was one of the ones that was protesting on Capitol Hill. He wasn't there when the protests really went bad and went violent, but he was there initially. And he talked about also growing up in some sort of indoctrination. What did he call it? A cult. So he said that he grew up in a cult. And when we started digging a little bit deeper into what he meant by he grew up in a cult, we actually found out that he was talking about the seven-day Adventist um, religion. So it's kind of interesting that once again, here's somebody else mentioning seven-day Adventists. And in the context of that, they are saying that the seven-day Adventist religion is a cult. Now, I don't know what it is about seven-day Adventists because to be honest, My grandfather was um, a Seventh-day Adventist, and they do have very strict protocols, I guess is the best word for it, and what they believe in terms of observing the Sabbath. So he was very strict. I mean, even he lived to be, I think he was like 98 when he passed away. And no one could ever on a Saturday, his helpers, nobody could come in his house and cook during the Sabbath. You better get up early enough and cook before the Sabbath started or after the Sabbath, or the day before, or whatever. So um, I I don't know what it is about certain religions that people want to refer to them as being cultish. And I don't know specifically, you know, what seven-day church they went to, whatever. But listen very, very carefully to what she actually says again, because I think it is important to hear what she's saying to us. Everybody, it's Friday, April 30th. 2021 from this day until whenever if I am found dead or missing Calford Colin Wyson Hill my ex-partner and my baby father is the person who did it there's already a bunch of reports at the West Bay Police Station we've been to court several times I've even done a restraining order against him in the past. None of it has worked. He still constantly stalks me, and the police aren't of any help to me. And people around me 
have started to let go because they realize that it's a stalemate. No matter how much help and effort they put in, it's going to continue to be the same thing. All right. So trying to control and manipulate me as a child didn't work. So let's just say most of my days at school were absolute fucking hell. I was one of the top students in those motherfucking classes. I had some of the best fucking grades. Academically, I was thriving. Spiritually, I became empty. So my grandmother would do, she would take me up in the hills and just let me roam freely. But me being free in the wilderness came with its own consequences. And of course, with my our church relationship withering away, we had no spiritual protection from the Adventist church. So my family ended up turning to other means to keep us safe because I'm not the only special child in the family. Which is why I find so much comfort in witchcraft and not Christianity. Big thank you worldwide to the people who reached Okay, so let me <clears throat> say something at this point in the video, right? When you start talking about, and I don't know what her religious beliefs had to do with this, the allegations of abuse or that situation, but I think that she's pretty much aware that in a Christian society such as this, when you start having discussions and you drop in words like, suddenly Adventist is a cult, or that's why you take more comfort and witchcraft versus Christianity, you do know that we live in a largely Christian community. And so those are very inflammatory things to say. And I'm not sure that you um, would get the kind of support once you start saying those sorts of things. And it's unfortunate because I think it does take away from her message and um, what that does in my mind is undermine what the real focus should be. So the real focus should be that you are in some sort of a abusive relationship. If you've made that many reports, if you've made half as many reports as that, that's still a lot. And you need to find the professional help that you need to get out of the situation. Over the weekend, someone else brought to my attention a young lady who had got engaged to a man who had served prison time for rape and other offenses. And I... I don't, I don't know if, um, I don't know if he's on the live now, but we always have, um, let me just get his name. Of course, it's on the tip of my tongue. Bruce. Bruce is always here, Bruce Smith, and he's very logical and he is the, the person of reason in a lot of our conversations. So a lot of times we don't identify with Bruce because we say, Bruce, you're asking the wrong question at this point in time. Why are you focused on that? 
you know, why are you concerned about um, how this woman came into this relationship? The point is she's now in the relationship and we just need to all get over it and, you know, try to help her get out. But I understand Bruce's points and I understand his questions because at the end of the day, I get that part of the issue is if we don't teach our young people to make better decisions about their lives, they will never make better decisions about their lives. It's very, very simple. And so on the one hand, what is the issue with raising young people who understand that this isn't about love? This isn't about you thinking that you're in love with someone. This isn't any of that. You need to ensure that you are doing your best to be a productive citizen. If you're going to have children, you're trying to bring them into this world in better situations and perhaps even what you grew up in. And you have an obligation, even as a younger person, to try to make the the best possible decisions with your life. And so it's unfortunate that she has found herself in this situation. There is such a thing as Stockholm syndrome, I think. Again, just a little that she shared about her childhood and she's talking about witchcraft, whatever. I do wonder what sort of environment she grew up in that she thinks that witchcraft, whatever that means to her, and I have no idea what that means to her, to be quite frank, is somehow better than Christianity. I mean, there will be people who tell you all religions are a cult or whatever, but I think for her to be Um, Even bringing that up in this conversation, you heard how she said how people tried to control her. And so she had a difficult time in school. She had a difficult time despite being a good student. Um, She had a really difficult time when she was younger. There's no doubt in my mind that that has led to her making some really poor decisions as an adult. I don't know what age she started dating this young man or hanging out with him or whatever they were doing. But again, this is part of the problem. This is part of the cycle of what we need to break up. So you can't take an individual who is broken and say, right, we're going to just fix your relationship with this man and you're going to be fine. You have to offer her counseling. Now the children that are a product of this dysfunctional environment and this dysfunctional situation, they need counseling, they need help because otherwise the cycle will just continue from one generation to the next. So she needs more than just addressing, this might be her immediate situation if she is in fear of her life. Obviously you've got to save her life, but she also needs ongoing counseling and help. The best advice I can give you is a tiger doesn't change its stripes and you need to get out sooner rather than later. So if you have made multiple complaints to the police, young lady, and you only follow through on one, you can't then turn around and blame the police and say that the police have done nothing to help you because you are responsible as the complainant. So the police can't come and take, force you to take, to give them a report and force you to do all of these things. Um, What has to happen is that you have to be part of the solution yourself. So you have to be prepared to help yourself. Now, 
we're all at different levels in terms of being able to help ourselves. That's why there are resources such as the Women's Crisis Center. And I saw someone making a comment about them over the weekend where they were accepting a donation or doing something where they were asking for donation. And people said, well, if they were really in need, why didn't they... Um, Why didn't they simply, you know, take the donation from Mr. Bush? Well, that's on them. I do think that it's unfortunate because there'll be some people who will not be minded to um, there'll be some people who will not be minded to actually you know, give to them now as a result of their decision. I think that's unfortunate. I think there really need to be a conversation about how, how that was going to work. So I see the young man has actually reached out. I'm just reading his comments. It looks like he reached out late last night about um, the video. He's now considering the video that she put up about him as... Um, as harassment, and he says it has my name in it, and the person that posted it got charged for it. Um, this is the same Colin Hill. So he's trying the most now to get this video taken down. She had no reason to post a video like that about me. Well, obviously, if she's in an abusive relationship and there have been some 90-something incidents or phone calls or whatever, she very well does have a reason to be fearful but she also needs to be, I think, a bit more responsible in terms of file your every single time. I get that the police are not the best at helping you, but you need to make sure that every single time they come, you file a report. Women, and to some extent men, you are your own worst enemy when it comes to these types of relationships because you buy into the lies, you believe the lies, you continue to give people second chances and fifth chances and a hundred chances when they do not deserve it. And it will not disappear. It will not get better. Every time they beg for forgiveness and they want to kiss and make up, every time you allow them back in, you are helping to create this perfect storm that eventually could cost you your life. And that is nothing to joke about it's nothing to um, not take seriously, but you also have to do your part. So she said over the weekend that apparently the police contacted her and they made some um, inquiries about, it seems like when she was complaining to them, they were more concerned about the video that she had posted up. Trust me, this is how the police are, I get it. Not every single officer is equipped to even deal with domestic violence situations. Half of them are perpetrators themselves. Let's be honest. There's a lot of people who are just because they're police officers doesn't mean that they are without fault or they're not engaging this type of behavior. And in particular, we have a lot of um, a lot of Caribbean police officers who this is the norm for them. Like they show up to call and they're like, "Oh, th like I've heard the stories. They'll tell women." Um, go cook your husband a meal. That'll make this all disappear and he'll feel better. Basically telling the woman that she needs to be a better partner. 
She needs to be a better wife. It's on her to fix this. And so they leave the scene without really doing much of anything to assist the victim. They're not taking it seriously enough. And this is where they could do with some additional training themselves. Every instance of domestic abuse, I know we've talked about this before, in certain jurisdictions such as Florida, when people show up, when police officers show up to report of a domestic situation, somebody is going to jail. They're not leaving that household or that location without removing someone from the situation. That's how seriously they take it. And so in Florida, they don't really, I mean, I shouldn't say they don't care if it's the man or the woman, but whoever they feel that is the aggressor in that situation, once they've gotten a feel for it, they're taking someone away. Sometimes it's the man, probably in most cases. And a lot of times it could be the woman as well, because women obviously can be abusers. So the idea is that you de-escalate the situation immediately by taking one party out of the equation, lock them up, and you're done. Now, I want to talk about, in this country, the cycle of um, abuse, right? This continuing to forgive your abusers and wanting to be in a relationship with these people. Do you believe that people can change? Well, I want to ask you that in light of this here. Now, over the weekend, Mindy got engaged to Brandon Beckett. Um, I guess congratulations. I understand that her family and a lot of her friends are not particularly happy about this engagement. And the reason why they're not happy is because Brandon has a history um, of just coming out of jail. He was sentenced to... um, I think at least three years for sexual assault and um, wrongful imprisonment and other things. So when you go to CMR or anywhere and you Google this man's name, you will see the story that comes up about him and uh, Brandon Beckett. And can I tell you how this young man is able to after being charged with rape and remanded in custody in 2017, how he's able to then get convicted in 2019 to three and a half years in jail and come out and find himself a nice young lady like Mindy. And, you know, I've heard from myself what Mindy has said to other people. And I'm very concerned for her because Again, as women, men tell us these stories and we believe everything that they have to tell us, hook, line, and sinker. Now, she has blamed, like I said, I'm not asking anybody this. I've heard the video evidence for myself. She has actually blamed the woman, the victim in this original situation, this case, and this isn't Brandon's first case, by the way, but she has managed to blame the victim for somehow... What happened to her? And this is where, again, women, if you cannot be this smart, um, I'm sorry, but I, I, if you can't be smarter than this, I should say, you kind of like everybody else is going to sit back and say, well, you know, whatever happens to you happens to you and you're going to get what you eventually are going to get. And we're not going to be as sympathetic. 
So it's unfortunate because I think that at the end of the day, there's no way that you could get in a relationship with someone like this without yourself being broken. So I don't know what Mindy's story is. I, you know, know of her. She's always been a super nice person. Um, I think she was married before, as I recall. You know, she just always seems like a super sweet person. Now, I don't know if she's just naive or what, but this guy has somehow gotten her to believe. And you, when you read the details of what he did, December of 2018, he pleaded guilty. And now he's telling her, that this girl that he was in a relationship with wanted him and he didn't want her. And so she fabricated this entire story. And I, when I heard that, that from Mindy, I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding me. You actually believe that a man would plead guilty to a fabricated story because, oh, this woman was so crazy about him. He seems to like blonde women, by the way. So if you got a daughter who's blonde, um, watch out. He seems to like blonde women. And I'm confused at how he pleads guilty to wrongful confinement, assault causing, causing actual bodily harm, causing intentional harassment, alarm, or distress. Um... Relating to an incident that occurred in the late evening hours of October 31st and into the early morning hours of November the 1st of 2017. So he met that woman through an online dating app and he soon moved in with her at her residence. So he's always looking for someone um, to step up with in life, so to speak. So... This, he punched her in the face, restrained her in the ground, preventing her from allowing the police into her residence after she called him for help. On a third trip, they're finally able to arrest him. And he's been on remand since then. He was charged with rape because he sexually assaulted her, threats to kill. And then he ended up taking a plea deal, which is unfortunate because they offered no evidence on the rape charge, which means that he got to serve less time, right? And of course, he's crying sob story, abandoned by his mother, abused by his stepmother. You know, if you have all of those issues, get help. Now, here's where Mindy obviously needs to go and read his file. See what it says here? The judge noted that Beckett had a history of domestic violence charges, which he has been convicted for, and that he has a high chance of reoffending, folks. So when I see that, and then I see that you're now engaged to him and you're making excuses for his behavior in that case, girl, you don't know the situation and you clearly don't know the man that you're now engaged to. Go and do your research. Cayman is so small. There should be no reason why anyone could get in a relationship with someone of this caliber who has a history of domestic abuse and not know what they're getting into. And the unfortunate thing is when it starts to hit the fan, you will then cry for help and people around you are going to be like, 
Why are we helping you? Why are we entertaining you when you should have known what this man was capable of? If the judge says he has a history of domestic abuse, you're making excuses for him in one particular case, which is very serious, right? You want to believe his narrative. How does he explain all the other cases? Or did you not talk about those with him? Because it just doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, this will make no sense, girl. When people around you are trying to give you advice and trying to help you, I think that you need to step up to the plate and see things for yourself. So someone just said, yeah, someone just said, morning, you really have a goat mouth, man, because I swear it was Friday. You were talking about bad accents and fatalities. Or you have some special powers that you can see into the future. I don't even know um, what to call it. But unfortunately, maybe it's a little bit of both. I don't know. But yeah. And listen, there's some things that are so incredibly foreseeable. Like, do you think it's not foreseeable that Mindy's going to be in a situation with this Brandon Beckett guy before she knows it? Trust me. You can't deal with abusers. Until they get the professional help that they need and they can handle their business and not be abusive towards women. And normally their issues are so deep seated, like you better make sure they get some real, they need to be deprogrammed from that way of life because that's all they know. All they know when they're upset is to pop off and hit someone. And if you're that person in their personal life and in close proximity, you're going to be the one who's going to get the brunt of that. So it's unfortunate, but this is just another lesson. I mean, you see it coming a mile away. I don't have to be psychic to tell you what's going to happen here. But people are adults and you can't tell people as an adult that, wow, you shouldn't be in a relationship with this guy. All you can do is tell them, well, here's his history, long and extensive. Here are the things that he's done before. And at the end of the day, even the judge says the chances of him reoffending are pretty high. And the next time it may not just be rape and wrongful confinement, which is basically kidnapping. The next time it could actually be your life that he's going to take. Cause maybe he's going to say, well, if I'm going to jail again, I'm going to make it worth my time. I cannot believe sometimes the things that I see happening in this community. And, you know, just because someone is a good looking young man or good looking young lady, that doesn't mean that they don't have issues and that you shouldn't run like hell. You need to go and I mean, I wish every single person had the opportunity to go to court sometimes and to listen to the details of what is said in court or to even read the court files. That's one of the reasons why, you know, here at CMR, we 
go to great lengths to um, give you a lot of details of what happened in a case. And I think the primary reason for that is so that you can get a sense of what actually happened, like what was brought up in court, right? Because when you hear, for example, that he punched her in the face, pinned her to the floor to keep her from answering the door twice after she had phoned the police. When you hear all the details of exactly what happened. So they met on a dating application on the 18th of October. He moved into her house shortly after that, like really quickly. They went to dinner with the complainant's friend on October the 31st. So get this, you just meet somebody on the 18th of October and already you're allowing them to move into your house. That to me is crazy. That's like beyond speed dating. I don't know what that is, but you don't know nothing about this person. Take your time before you allow them into your personal space, like honestly. And then that's when, in the early mornings of November the 1st, she was assaulted. So basically within like, what is that? Two weeks, October 18th to the 31st, not even exactly two weeks, but we'll give him two weeks. He becomes enraged on the car ride home and basically does this to this woman. Now you think that this is someone that you would want in your personal life? Oh, he's reformed. He must have he must have met Mindy while he was still in jail. Like, I don't know if they allow people to go on dating apps while they're in jail. And we're gonna talk about jail here in a second. But I don't know if they allow people to go on dating apps, but how do you meet somebody while you're in jail? Or the day he came out, did he meet her? Yeah, I don't know. How does this work exactly? But I'm sorry. If you're meeting someone and they're fresh out of jail, you know how they say, straight out of West Bay, straight out of Georgetown, they need to have a shirt that says straight out of Northward. Because once that happens, believe me, you, you need to be thinking twice about that kind of a situation. Hmm. So while the current fiance is defending him. Oh, it was the woman's fault, which is shocking that any woman would take that position. Here's what the judge actually had to say. Justice Dobbs said that Beckett had been arrested and convicted for multiple charges of domestic violence in the past and that his risk of reoffending is very high. Justice Dobbs also said that the complainant and defendant were in a one-sided relationship that was clearly not reciprocated. And it, was, it wasn't one-sided in the victim's part. <laughs> Trust me. Hmm. Unbelievable. And yet you have a woman now wanting to defend this behavior and say, oh, she made this story up because she was a woman scorned. You can see how everybody else is gonna be looking at you sideways like, girl, what is wrong with you? 
That don't make no sense. <laughs> Jenny says again, most people have the sentiment that the police just don't take these types of things seriously. But if it's a drug-related offense, you're going to get hauled off to jail. Kizzy reminds us that especially if you have children, you have to be very, very mindful of who you bring into your home. Most definitely, girl. Mariah wants to know people just brainwashed or just stupid. I don't know. I honestly don't know what to call it. But I do know that, um, you know, those of you who have any doubt about criminal stories, you need to go read the case file for yourself. This is why all case files should be open to the public. It shouldn't be a situation where only a select few people get to have access to it. We try to bring you the details. as much as possible, because when you look back on the archives, sometimes that's all that you have. And he's a fairly young guy. At the time of this in 2017, he was 24 years old. I can assure you that when a 24 year old is engaging in that kind of behavior, there is no way that this is going to be a man who has changed overnight just because he went to jail. Mm -mm -mm. Wake up, folks. Wake up. So in other prison news, speaking of prison lovebirds, I'm sure you guys found this story very interesting over the weekend where we had two prison inmates get married. Now, apparently this isn't the first time. Um, someone thought that maybe this was a one-off situation, but apparently they get married all the time. Hmm. Who knew? Um, that this was even possible. I got the munchies this morning, as you can hear. But yes. Apparently, this couple has um, decided to get married. Now, you may not remember the details of what they did. But they were involved in a half a million dollar jewelry theft from Mitzi's jewelers. And folks, this was not just somebody goes in and picks up jewelry and puts it in their pocket. This young man walked into the store with a firearm and decided to hold the store clerk at gunpoint, rob the store clerk, 
of over half a million dollars in jewelry and cash because he took some cash as well. And in addition to that, he also tied her up, gagged her, bound her, At one point, he let her go because people had walked into the store and they were like, hey, what's going on here? Anybody here? So it was at that point that he decided to let her go so that she could assist some of the customers. Hmm. Okay. So yes, legally they have the right to get married. That's on them. Even as even though they're in prison. Um human rights, you know? But you can imagine what poor Mitzi must be thinking like, wow. People do this and have an impact on your store and I think the store eventually closed not too long after that. She used to work at the store, yes. She was employed by Mitzi and she was fired for another theft of almost $30,000. So the interesting thing is, yes, they're allowed to get married, but, you know, Mitzi's probably thinking to herself, hold on a second. What, how punitive is jail, really? If you can be dating in jail, talking to your loved ones in jail, and heck, even get married while you're in jail. Like, what's the point of prison? It sounds like it's a little too good to be true. But apparently, my sources say they had the wedding catered by, I don't, I don't know where they get, where do prisoners get money to have weddings catered? I don't even know if Mitzi ever recovered all the jewelry, but evidently they um, planned the wedding, had guests come. I heard that the other inmates at the female prison were permitted to attend the wedding. Some of them even got dressed up and fancy for the occasion. There was a reception party afterwards they were they were dancing and i even heard prison guards and stuff were dancing and having a good time so i'm like wow this is crazy <laughs> i mean legit this is like right that sounds interesting so that's the kind of life that uh people have in prison the one logical question I had was, hold on a second now. If they are incarcerated, even if they're permitted to get married, they can't consummate the marriage. So how does that work? Because, you know, that's a ground for annulment. So the prison director said, yeah, they can get an annulled potentially on that ground. But evidently that doesn't prevent them from getting married in the first instance. 
So there you have it. Yeah, I don't know how they paid for the wedding. I honestly don't know where they got that loot from to pay for the wedding, have it catered by um, China Village. But there you go. That's exactly what went down. Um, at the time of the robbery, he claimed, and again, people always want to blame other people for their bad behavior. He claimed that she had unduly influenced him or seduced him or something ridiculous. So I guess once they get out of jail and he wants to get his divorce, then he probably claimed that as well. Um, they were both sentenced to 12 years. That's right. Mm -hmm. So they did appeal, interestingly enough, their conviction uh, late last year. And in November, the judge found that the appeal court, which is a, normally three judges, found that the case, the appeal case had no merit because they were trying to blame everything. He's like, oh, I had an abusive childhood and she's claiming she was stressed out, taking care of her mother and a child and all sorts of excuses. And the judges were like, you put forward your case. The judge had the social inquiry report. He considered all of those things and he came to the right conclusion in terms of a 12 year sentence. And it is what it is. So they're going to be in jail for another minute still, um, but happily married. There you go. I'm not sure. What are the benefits of being in jail and being married? Because like I said, it can't be a situation of conjugal visits because those are not allowed in the Cayman Islands. I guess they still sue government for that to say, well, all married people are entitled to conjugal visits. That'll be the next lawsuit, folks. Watch it pop off. And so then everybody will be getting married in prison to try to uh, have access to their significant other. Or maybe she's trying to keep women off of her in the female prison by saying, hey, I'm a married woman now. You can't be messing with me. I don't know. I don't know the logic of getting married in prison. You guys got to tell me if you know what the benefits would be. But um, it's a hot mess. That's all I can say. So, folks, thank you so much for your comments, Jess. Says prisoners must make good money. Make good money doing what, though? What are they making money for or with? I don't know. So the prison made it clear that they paid for it. So it wasn't free. I, like I said, I don't know how they paid for it. But um, the prison made it clear that it was not an expense that they would take up. Hmm. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Like sometimes you hear these things and you're like, what? So when we first heard it, we were like, this sounds a little weird and unusual. And so we made sure that we reached out to the prison director to confirm the details and pretty much everything we heard was spot on. Um, there is a little bit of clarification that we need in terms of their immigration status. Because one source said that they had their immigration status stripped in 2018, but apparently they needed to get immigration's permission. Now, I understand that the only reason why they would need to um, 
get permission is if one party was a Caymanian so that it could be seen as a relationship of convenience. But to the best of my knowledge, they have been both stripped of their status. So I don't know if that's 100% true or not. The other interesting thing is her brother is actually Dr. Williams Rodriguez, who you guys know his name. He's the chief medical, what is his title? Chief medical, whatever. Like one of the top people at the HSA. Remember, we saw him all over um, COVID and um, all over the press briefings with COVID. And in the appeal that, that the judges just delivered in February of this year, they talked about how she had used her brother's vehicle. So the same doctor, unbeknownst to him, it seems like, his vehicle was used in the heist. And they had somehow gotten somebody else's license plate and put on the vehicle. Like they really tried to plan this out. So she was the getaway driver. She was the one hiding in the car with it, like laid all the way back. And in fact, the store clerk, when she testified, said that she had seen her hiding out and had the car reclined. So I guess she was trying to avoid being detected, but the store clerk was able to identify her as the person sitting in the vehicle. At some point, she like looked out the window and saw this Chevy, I forget what it was. Was it an Equinox? But anyway, the Chevy vehicle. And uh, yeah, so she was the getaway driver. And it's a very, very interesting case, folks. Sometimes I read these cases and I think to myself, wow, people are brave and stupid all at the same time. So I don't know where they uh, got the stolen license plate from, but then they had like multiple vehicles. Like they tried to plan it out. This was a legit Bonnie and Clyde type of a situation where they were doing their best to um, try to get away with this. And then the question really for me is what were they going to do with half a million dollars in jewelry? Like, I don't know why people rob jewelry stores because jewelry stores are never, jewelry is a sort of thing. It's traceable. Um, it's just never that easy to convert. And even when you convert it, you don't get anywhere near the value of the jewelry. If you go to the pawn shop with a $20,000 ring, you're going to be lucky if they give you $500 for it because they know you're desperate to unload it for whatever reason, whether it's theft or you just desperately need some money. So they can't retail it for the original retail uh, value of $20,000. So when they take it, they're like, yeah, we might be able to get a couple thousand dollars for it. We're not going to loan you what we can get because we need to make money. We need to make a profit. So, you know, you can pawn it and you will get 500 bucks for your desperation. But then there's a record of that jewelry. There's a record of who brought it into the pawn shop. The pawn shop is going to take a photo of it. So they're going to have records. So why do you bother hitting up a jewelry store? Unless you're planning on sending the jewelry overseas. And I think we've seen a couple of those cases where it looks like that's exactly what happened. So unless it's been converted to an overseas location, and even if you pawn it and, or you take it to Jamaica, Honduras, whatever, it's still going to be 
somewhat traceable. You know, I'm sure Mitzi probably was taking photos of her pieces of jewelry. So it's kind of the sort of thing that you were just going to be hanging on to it for what reason? It, it's, it's a dumb thing to do to steal jewelry, to be honest. It's one of the stupidest things that you can actually steal, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, because it's very, very traceable and you can't convert it that easily. Um, Kimberly says, we need to give credit to manipulation. Sometimes by then they don't believe it to be extreme due to other things the person has done. So by then it's no big deal because at least it's not like the last time. I think saying how people continue to give second, third, a hundred chances. I don't know. I mean, the record kind of speaks for itself in these types of situations, right? So Maddie confirms that she has status. Does she not lose that, Maddie? Does she get to keep that? Um, it would seem to me that that would be the sort of thing that that um, they should strip from her as well. And he has lost his RERC prior to going to jail. So his RERC is his rights to work certificate, which means that he would have been married to Caymanian in order to obtain that at some point. Um, and then Vicky says that she left her husband. I'd heard that for this guy long before the robbery. Her ex-husband is a hardworking and a good guy. Yeah, child, sometimes women don't want the good guys. They're looking for the bad boys that they can spend time in prison with. Mm -hmm. So Jasara says prisoners get paid to work at the prison. So maybe she's been saving up all her coins for this prison wedding. I don't know. Um, and I guess Love says uh, family might have helped them pay for it. Maybe. Although a lot of family members that we spoke to had no clue. They didn't know anything about it. They're like, oh, she got married? I didn't know that. Um, yeah, CE Banks, that's another topic for discussion about how many people every day are posting online. Trust me, I've got um, a young lady who keeps sending me the clips and she's like, another one moving to Cayman? Like, I thought that our borders were closed. And yet we seem to have a lot of opportunity to invite people to move to our islands. Yes, child, they're all moving here, trust me. Big shout out to Clinton, good to see you. Saw him yesterday with his lovely family. Uh, we went to a birthday party yesterday. Um, one of our, Gianna's little friends had a birthday party. And they held it at the Kimpton because, you know, they have the little playroom there of the kids. And they plan fun activities for them. They make like little jewelry. Um, not the kind of jewelry you want to steal anybody. Don't get any ideas now about going to the Kimpton. This is just the kitty section. And they get to have their little snacks and cut the cake. And the adults can hang out in the cabana area and get to know each other, get to know some of the other parents. Um, and it's good to, you know, when you're, dropping off and picking up, you hardly have time for conversations. It's good to have these social events because I got to talk to a few of uh, the parents. And um, there was this one couple there. It was kind of funny. The dad, they're from New York. And the dad said, 
um, you're, you look familiar. I feel like I know you from somewhere. And whenever people say that to me, I don't usually tell them. Um, I'm like, oh, really? Do I really? Hmm, I wonder where. I don't know where you can know me from, but it didn't take him long. He's like, you're that Ma Road lady. And I said, oh, yes. And then his wife was like, who? Um, she had been over to our house and vice versa for playdates and stuff with her daughters. And she never, she's like, I don't know. But mo moms are normally so like hyper-focused on just doing stuff with the kids. She probably doesn't even get to watch much online. But she's like, I only know you as Gigi's mom. I'm like, that's the best title in the world. Trust me. That's perfect. So Maddie says, yes, Dr. Williams and his family are good people of good morals and values. And she seems to be the black sheep of the family. Well, there's always one or maybe even more if you're lucky. Um, thanks, Vicky. Uh, I think it was actually registered in his name because that's what the court papers said, her brother. But whatever. Yeah, she obviously took advantage of that situation as well. And it's very, very sad for family members when they have to be embarrassed by the actions of their family. And that's why I always tell people, listen, we all, um, you know, have members like this in our family who are capable of this and probably worse. And it doesn't reflect on you because sometimes people get upset like, oh, you post an article about my brother or this one or that one. I'm like, what does that have to do with you? Unless you're involved in the situation, it has nothing to do with you. And so don't allow it to reflect on you. I mean, if you take it on, then I don't know what to tell you. But it kind of reminds me, you know, the situation with Tracy Seymour at the Boxing Glove. Many moons ago, I used to have Tracy as a Facebook friend. Now, you guys know that um, Facebook friends don't mean we're friends in real life. That just means we're Facebook friends. So I see you on Facebook. I might like something you post up. Might comment on it, whatever. And that's it. So she had gotten upset with me and unfriended me because her sister's, I hear the mix-up story on this one, her sister's baby daddy, I don't think they were ever married, but I could be wrong. It might have been an ex-husband or something, but definitely baby daddy, was charged with sexually assaulting a teenage girl. I can't remember um, the exact age of the girl, but she was young. And so you guys know that I had started the sex offender registry online. Unfortunately, I had to hand it over to somebody else and it doesn't look like they've been maintaining it. And I don't know why I need to message them child. Cause they had a good, a good little following there. And so, um, he was one of those that was listed on the site for engaging in relations with an underage girl. So apparently he was sentenced to jail and I'm trying to remember what the heck his name was. I can't remember now. But anyway, she got upset because, oh, he has children. And why are you posting him up? And I was like, 
He has children. Okay. And he didn't think about the fact that he has children before he molested someone? Somebody's child? Hmm. Okay. And she's like, well, this is going to impact my sister's children. Uh-huh. Yes, probably. And he should have been the one thinking about that before he did what he did. Christopher Ron Douglas. This is him. Now I see the picture. And uh, again, you know, a lot we talk about on this program about people engaging in protecting these perpetrators. And this is what was going on then. Age 33. And he was having sexual relations with a 13-year-old child. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm going back reading the comments, right? From This was six years ago. And I see where I was commenting about how can a 13-year-old force themselves on a big 31-year-old man? Because this is a ridiculousness that people are engaging in in terms of the conversation, always trying to blame the victims. And when you're talking about underage victims that are, um, that are inexperienced in life, there is a reason why, right? Something like this is a statutory offense because the court has said a child underage does not have the cap capacity to make a decision like this. So the article was, he was a coach apparently, some sort of coach. The article was in Cayman News Service. I'm trying to see if I can find it. But yeah, he had a relationship with a 13 year old child. Very, very disturbing. And even more disturbing is when people try to Excuse the behavior. I think the I think Kima News Service has done something with old articles because I cannot find it. Um, I have to ask Wendy if we can locate the article. So, um, Tracy stopped talking to me as a result of that. I was like, "Girl, please." You're going to have to do something more than that, like something that I legit care about, and it certainly isn't this. But I think it says a lot about an individual when they would stop talking to someone because your sister was in a relationship and decided to have a child with a child molester. And somehow that becomes my fault for sharing the CNS story on social media to say, parents, lock your girls up. Because these are the coaches that are rooming around the place uh, that you need to be very, very mindful of. So she got all upset and unfriended me. I'm like, ooh, heaven forbid you unfriend me. Oh, my gosh. I don't have you as a friend, Tracy. Why is she sitting there talking about poor Charles as a boy and a this and a that and degrading him? Maybe she needed to be having that conversation with her sister's man about leaving little 13 year old girls alone.
You see, this is the kind of ish that I can't take. Vicky, um, yeah, Maddie says people buy it, buy it on the black market. Girl, I can't even imagine buying, you buy a necklace in the black market, next thing you know, you run into Mitzi, Mitzi's like, hmm, where did you get that necklace from? That's one of my pieces. Because you know, some jewelry is so incredibly unique and different. What an embarrassment that would be, right? Oh my God. So Vicky says they were planning on leaving the island by boat. When they arrive where they were going, the jewelry would be sold for them to have cash. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds like a solid plan. Um, anyway, that's a hot mess. So CBC can issue a mindful letter to revoke the status, but it's not automatic. Yes, it isn't. It's something that they definitely have to. Normally the judge will say it as well. Like immigration should, or CBC now should look at their status. So good morning, Donovan. CE Bank says maybe we need to start protesting over the work permit situation. Crazy videos on Wayne Wayne family TV and YouTube. Who's Wayne Wayne family? I have no idea who that is. Tiffany um, Britta says it's fear, low self-esteem, Munchism syndrome, abuse does that. Tyrone, good morning, my dear. How are you? Yes, we keep calling for this sex offenders registry and all now. Um, on election day, father in West Bay was looking for a man who touched his six-year-old daughter when she was being babysat by her aunt and her aunt husband touched the child. Wow. It was reported to the police, but not sure what happened further. These things hurt my head. God knows. Vanessa says that she got blocked by Tracy. I guess that's Tracy you're referring to. Oh, well, life goes on. Trust me. So, um, speaking of sex offenders, last week I was in court and remember this EMT guy, um, Cabello, Caballo, hold on, let me get his name. I'll tell you who he is. Caballero. It's Caballero. Um, he's an EMT at the hospital. Salvin Caballero. Mm-hmm. So he was arrested last year and granted bail um, in a child sexual assault case. So he was in court last week on, I want to say about Wednesday or so. And he um, was supposed to have what's called a, oh God, what's the name of the hearing now? Uh, I'll have to look it up. Uh, it's like the hearing that you have before the trial starts. Um, oh, I can't remember. But his his attorney's off island, and so of course, someone showed up in her absence to ask for an adjournment. And the judge was like, "Listen, this guy has had more adjournments than I know what to do with." And honestly, he shouldn't because. There is a young child involved here. And if the young child is required to be involved or required to testify or whatever, you know, 
we need this case to happen sooner rather than later. So he is charged with, right, preliminary inquiry. This was last week, Monday, actually. And I haven't had a chance to put up the article yet, and I think I will this morning, but what time is it? I'm going to keep an eye on the time because I do want to go to court today as well because another sexual offender is in court this morning. And so we want to hear, I think this is his first court appearance since he's been charged. So we want to hear what the charges against him are, the different counts and whatever, and um, whether he'll be pleading today. Normally the first mention, a lot of times they don't necessarily plead because they might be like, okay, I need a lawyer. Um, you know, give me a, a minute to get the court files and whatever. So it could just be that he's getting the court files today. So we'll see what happens. But this Salvin guy has indecent assault in a female, gross indecency. And then he's got one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, five charges of indecent assault in a female. So he's looking at seven of five, five. Oh yeah. Six of those. And then one gross indecency. Of course, we have to be very careful reporting. The judge reminded us of the reporting limitations because we can't do anything that would obviously lead to the identification of the young child, but she's very, very, very young, under the age of 10. And he's been at this and grooming her for quite some time. They need to throw the book at him. What it's still doing in summary court, I don't know, because you know summary court means he's not going to get anywhere near the sentence that he should. Damaris is watching from Queens, New York. Thank you so much. Marshall says, if I steal Julia, I'd ship it overseas. It'd be foolish to steal Julia and try to sell it in Cayman. Well, yeah, it's almost impossible, right? Um, Mary wants to know what happens to the Miss Mary, the Cubans in quarantine. Well, as far as I know, they're out of quarantine and they're back in their respective homes. Um, I feel like last week someone said to me that the father... Remember, he was, I think, locked up or something, that he might be locked up again. So it's possible that the mother and the father are going to be locked up. But the vast majority of them, Miss Mary, are facing, apparently, no charges for what they did. Okay, man, boy. Mm, mm, mm. Meanwhile, if I look at an officer wrong, they'd be like, lock her up. No, this isn't a social inquiry report. This is a preliminary inquiry. So this is where they go through a bunch of stuff um, before the trial date is actually set. So um, that was put off and the judge said, listen, you will get no further extensions. I need to check my record to see when in May it was put off until. You will get no further in, um, extensions. I don't care who has died or where your lawyer is or what's going on. We need to get this case moving. So unfortunately, if your lawyer is not here, because of course the lawyer has to come back. And by the way, my condolences to Amelia and um, her family. She lost her mom quite suddenly and unexpectedly. And um, But the judge said at the end of the day, um, you have got to be prepared to move forward with this case. And if your lawyer can't handle it, then she needs to give it to somebody else in her law firm to proceed with it because we will have no further delays. Whether she's in quarantine or not, I don't care. I was like, oops, okay, Magistrate John, you gun, you go on, but you bad self. Good morning, Sanya. How are you? Clinton? No, it's not Atto Stevens. That's another hot mess. And another woman who was standing by her man as he was accused and convicted 
In that case, the, the, they got him on the lesser offense of misuse of ICT because he had messaged a child like some thousand times or something ridiculous with all these sexually explicit messages wanting to see her parts and her Netherlands and all this kind of stuff. Oh, I want to be your boyfriend. Atto Stevens, a married man, married to Sedoni mother, still, as you guys will recall, and a father of several children. And then this man has the audacity to talking about he was going to, after he came out of jail, he wanted to be reinstated as part of the athletic association. And he deserved to be given his title back. I was like, you know, these people, not they must be crazy. And so CMR had not long got started when his case was rolling on and we were covering it. And so we got all the inside scoop on how he was threatening to sue the Cayman Islands Athletic Association because they wouldn't reinstate him. And I thought to myself, this dude has some balls. They should have chopped him off in prison, but clearly they didn't. You do this to a young girl. And there were rumors that there were more victims, but of course the young girls weren't coming forward. The parents weren't coming forward. All this stuff was going on. And, you know, this is the kind of behavior he's engaging in, gets convicted. And then on top of it, his wife, a professional athlete in this country, head of the, of the track association, I think she was president at the time and he was a coach and whatever else in some other capacity. And here she is defending this man about, oh yeah, he should stay in the association. You know, when Sedoni did that, I don't know that I've ever seen her since then because she's not a person that I really see around. She was actually, when he ran from Cayman, you know how they found him? I'm going to give you guys this little inside scoop. I need to clean off my little microphone here. Uh, they found him because she was going back and forth from Cayman to Miami looking for her husband, taking her children with her because I'd actually seen her in a few flights. And so... The authorities are watching her movements and basically tracking her. And that's how they located him to serve him the um, papers to have him extradited to serve the U S government the papers, to have him extradited. And so of course he was fighting extradition and all that hot mess, but the wife was right there by him, allowing him to stay in her house right in Savannah. And I'm like, neighbors, do you guys know you've got a convicted child molester in your neighborhood? Staying right up the street. The wife is condoning this kind of behavior. Yes, Jamelia, um, I'm aware that her mom has passed away. And again, condolences because it was obviously not expected. And these things do happen. I mean, lawyers are people too. So it's not like this is something that could be foreseeable. But what the judge said is that this was not the first delay in the case and she was not pleased with it. So Miss Mary, I agree that all sexual predators should be convicted and once they serve their time should be deported. There is one case in I think it was West Bay, you guys might remember this, where it was the grandmother's boyfriend 
that molested her grandchild and served jail time and everything. And then when he got out, come back, sweet talking to grandmother, because it's obvious that in Cayman, we're desperate for men at a different level. It wouldn't be me, but some of you seem particularly desperate to keep a man, no matter what caliber of man he is. Who the hell wants a man in your life that has molested your own grandchild? Like, are you sick in the head? And this is where I think these enablers, they're just as bad, if not worse than the perpetrators. And they need to start, they need to be called out too. So it's disgusting. Anyway, then the grandmother decides that she's going to fight because she was married to this guy, apparently. She was going to fight for his ability to be able to stay in Cayman after he molested her granddaughter and served jail time. So CBC is like, and this is what Sedoni was trying to do too. Oh, they have a right to family life. And remember that with the Sedoni case, let me remind you guys, kind of y'all forget. Um, but in the case of Sedoni's husband, convicted track coach threatened CIAA with legal action. This was October of 2018. And the government... Um, the government actually, at the time, this was Alden McLaughlin and them, they were like, uh, well, if he wants to stay, you know, he can stay. And we were like, oh, hell no, he ain't staying. Legally, he is, where is he from again? Um, I'm trying to remember what country, what Caribbean country he's from. Wherever he's from, he has choices. So in other words, he is an American citizen. So he could go to the U.S. and his wife could go with him. He's from Trinidad. And he actually represented Trinidad in track and field before he was disgraced for doping allegations. So this is a caliber of what she went and picked up, child. But um, they can't make this, oh, I'm entitled to family life legal argument if you have a choice of going somewhere else. And he had not one, but two choices. He'd go back to Trinidad or he'd go back to America. So why would he have to stay in Cayman? But of course, he's trying to make this argument like, oh, I have nowhere else to go sort of a situation. <coughs> Sorry. And that was not the case. But our government, as usual, asleep at the wheel, they weren't doing what they needed to be doing. So, you know, we put the story out there and people are like, uh-uh, this can't happen like this. So, funny enough, once that um, got out in the public, The public was kind of like, hold on a second here now. What is really going on? And Alden caved to public pressure. And they finally decided to let him get off island. So thankfully, he left at some point, And then I guess Sidoni was following him up and down after he left. 
The stories are all on CMR, folks. Go back and read because I think a lot of y'all forget what will be going on. Really some disturbing situations um, are happening in this country. And unfortunately, a lot of people are turning in a blind eye and not just turning a blind eye, but some of these women are helping these men to remain hidden. Because here's the other thing that a lot of people didn't want to talk about with Sidoni. And she's lucky at the time that we didn't have a podcast because, you know, we would have been digging into all the details. She had received complaints from that young lady and others about her husband's behavior in the past. And you know what she did? Oh, if you don't shut up, I'm going to get my lawyer to write you a letter, blah, blah, blah. So he wasn't caught in time because he was being protected by his wife. And the wife, y'all seem like you never want to believe it. Just like you didn't want to believe he was checking your best friend back in the day either. But anyway, that's not none of my business. So, anywho, um, that's the situation there with that one. And so part of what you need to do is make sure that you as a parent, as a grandparent, people who are supposed to care about your own children are number one, keeping informed. Number two, you're protecting, you're actually protecting your children or just children in our community. And you're taking all necessary steps to do so. And believe me when I tell you, I have no qualms whatsoever about calling calling out a child molester, as you can see. I've been in court because of it. So uh, really, really disturbing, but this is what is happening in our community. And Atta Stevens, that was a 14-year-old child. But he's not the he's not the other coach. The other coach that's up that's somebody else. He was coaching, I think, football or something. This one was a track and field coach. Folks, coaches have access to your children. And I want to want to say, no, Crystal, I've been begging for this sex offender registry. I've lost count of how many years now. Probably close to 20 years since I've returned to Cayman. I've been trying to get the government to put one in place did a petition, the whole nine yards, and they won't do it. At one point, the AG's office admitted that we do need one, but it would be challenging to do. Well, sir, that's why you get paid the big bucks to take on the challenging task. You make a six-figure income for a reason. Just because a law is challenging doesn't mean that you shouldn't deal with it. Give us the sex offender registry. Put it in place. Knowledge is power. You need to know. Parents need to know. Everybody in the community needs to know. Oh, Audrey, she's still in jail as far as I know. That was such a sad situation. Oh, my God. But again, people know what's going on, and they're not doing what they need to do to protect children. Good morning, Roderick. He says, good morning to everybody. Audrey, her father was a police officer 
And he had concerns about the safety of the child in his wife's care. And he told the child, how old was the child? Maybe eight or something, eight or nine, if that. And he's going to tell a child at that age, oh, if you're scared of mommy, I'm going to lock you in this room. What? Like, am I the only one who thinks that sometimes parents don't have no sense and they shouldn't even have children? What eight or nine-year-old child, even if the child was 15, how can you protect a child from an adult if the adult is really hell-bent on getting to the child? Like, seriously. And you're going to tell the child, oh, just lock yourself in the room. You're going to be okay because I have to go to work? <laughs> oh, hell no. I'm a police officer. I would have showed up at the police station with my child in tow and said, listen, we got a situation here where I don't feel safe with my child. Maybe he needed to go to the crisis center that night, take off of work and go, but nobody's taking it seriously. Your wife is saying she's going to kill the child and herself, and you don't believe her, and you just tell the child, well, you believed her up to a certain point because you told the child must lock yourself up in this room. My God, that was, that was one of the most horrific offenses, I think, because it involved the murder of a child. My God, I couldn't believe when I first heard the rumors. I was like, what? She did what? Horrible. That's it, Jasara. You're right. Do not leave your children with anybody. You know, my daughter now, she's at the age where her and her little friends are like, um, her little friend said to her the other day, oh, um, I'm going to come over for a play date. And I said, no, you're not. Right in front of the school teacher. Oh, she kind of looked at me like, no, not a play date, a sleepover. And I said, no, you're not. But why, Miss... Why, miss? Because we don't do sleepovers, honey. You can play all day long for a play date. We can come to your house. You can come to our house. You can do a play date. When it comes to a certain hour, you need to go. You go home to your house. My daughter will stay at her house. There will be no sleepovers. Now, Aunt Lottie's words of wisdom, I always used to think she's being really harsh when she said no to sleepovers. And as I became an adult and realized that what happens a lot of these sleepovers again, Jasara, it's not the person that, you know, like the parent that you don't trust. You don't know who else is in the household or who else is having access. Uncles that come and sleep over. An older brother who in the middle of the night can get up and go feed up your child and you don't even know. And the truth of the matter is that little children can be molested in their sleep and never even know it. Did you know that? That's a legit thing because some of them are such dead sleepers that they don't even know what's going on. I ain't taking no chances. I have the one child and I better try and get it right. So any parent out there who knows me, don't even think about asking me for a sleepover. Don't tell your children to even ask me for a sleepover because the response will be absolutely not and this little five-year-old child looking at me like, why can't we do a sleepover? I'm like, the answer is a simple no. And you know why? Because Gigi's mommy said so. You don't need any other explanation as a five-year-old. The answer is no. They don't know any different. But my daughter knows to not even ask. <laughs> I mean, even at four and a half, she's asked before, oh, can I have a sleepover? Nope. We don't believe in those. I don't need to give her an explanation why. She's only four and a half. She's not going to understand. 
But there's certain very fast and hard rules that you have to have in place, folks. And believe me, if you mean to protect your children, do not engage in sleepovers. And I don't care who it is. And I know sometimes you're like, man, I just need a break. Can I have one night? No. When you have children, that's the sacrifice that you make. No sleepovers. You can barely trust the people you got children with. Talking about sleeping over. Sleeping over where? Y'all must be crazy. Mm-mm. Yep. That's right. Diana says she's got a 15-year-old and she's not sleeping over. I don't care how old they are. Two, five, 15, the answer is always no. Elaine is in agreement. Desiree says the same thing. Nope to sleepovers. Jasara is feeling me. Uh, Jasara says her daughter's autistic and has speech delay, and I don't play with my girl picnic. And you know what, Jasara? Not just girls. We need to do a better job of protecting our boys as well because they are being molested silently, and a lot of them are so much more unlikely to come to you than a female child for a number of different reasons. And one of the biggest reasons is that in the Caribbean culture, we are raised to talk about, well, if a man touches you, that makes you a homosexual. So little boys hear these discussions and they hear these messages. And so when they're touched and they're molested and they're raped and all this stuff happens to them, they don't want to open up and tell anyone because all of a sudden that makes them gay. That's the message that they've understood. And so they have additional fears and concerns as to why they will not open up to you. But a lot of our young boys are being victimized by predators and being molested. I've had a few over the years who have reached out to me. In fact, I even had a gentleman who said he wanted to come on the show and talk about his experiences with a view to maybe helping other people. Folks, take it seriously and do everything in your power to ensure that you're protecting your children because you only get one chance at it. And when you have broken children, it's what leads to the situation now that our show's coming full circle. We started the show talk about abuse. This young lady- to me and show their support. And I wanna give a special thank you to the Cayman community. Without all of your calls, concern- Right? Let's try to prevent getting to that beforehand. The only way to prevent dysfunctional people is to try to raise better children that get the help and the intervention. And prevention is always better than cure. Prevent these things from happening to your children in the first place. It's hard to fix a dysfunctional situation. It is hard to fix a child who has been abused. That's a lot of therapy, a lot of recovery. And some people will never, ever be the same again. You take a glass and you break it into a million pieces. Sometimes you can put it back together, but the cracks are always there. And in a certain light, or a certain angle, the cracks are very, very obvious. So don't take the chance with your children. It's not worth it. It's hard raising children. 
it's hard having to make those types of sacrifices. And you know what? That's why I say, plan your children, plan your life. If you, if you can't, your, your nerves, not that good. You can't take that kind of stress. Don't plan on having no pile of children. Use something called birth control, get your tubes tied, get your husband to have his type something, right? If you can only deal with one child, only have one child. If you can't afford more than two or you can't manage more than two, only have two. In this day and age, it's not rocket science. Because when you got four or five, six children, you really need a break. And sometimes you'd be like, take them. You'd be asking anybody to take them. And that's really not in the best interest of your kids. Irvlin says, Sandy, when my grandkids are here and my neighbor's daughter um, comes, comes over for sleepover, I tuck them in and then I spread two comforters down on the carpet and I sleep right by the bed side with them. And it's just me and my husband alone in the house. I'm not taking no chances with anyone's child in my care. Can't say it started in my home. No way. I'm not even going to entertain it, Irvlin. I hear what you're saying. When a child comes to my house, I don't have any concerns in my household, but I still wouldn't, I still wouldn't even consider it because then it's kind of like a two-way street because at some point the parents can be like, oh, it's okay for my child to come over to your house for sleepover, but your child can't come to mine. What are you trying to say? About? No, no, no. We don't even need to have the conversation, honey. We will have no such conversation. Nobody's sleeping over anywhere. Play dates. Supervise, daytime, goodbye when you're done. Mm -hmm. CE Bank says no sleepovers. I'm very protect protective of my grandnieces and nephews. And we must learn to talk with our children. And what is wrong and right, abuse in any form should not be tolerated ever. Absolutely. Celine, thank you. Uh, Celine says, I agree with you 100%. Um, I have 20, I have a 20-year-old daughter and she's not sleeping out and tell finish her university of Guyana. She has one more year in UG and she understands that. Um, uh, Jairo says, uh, touche and good point. He says, some people can't even plan a night out. Imagine planning kids. Well, that's when you know you're not ready, Jairo. <laughs> I mean, trust me, you know, I'm not here to be your, your moral compass. I'm not here to tell you don't engage in sex because we all know that that's a joke. But what I will tell you is have as much sex as you want. That's on you. That's your business. But uh, use birth control. Do not have children when you're not ready. That's the point. But you're absolutely right. <laughs> there are people who can't plan anything. It's what I call the Britney Spears syndrome. Oops, I did it again. Oops, here comes baby number three. Oops, I did it again. Here comes baby number four and five and six and seven, eight, nine. Oh my gosh, out of control. It ain't easy having to be responsible for the lives of other people. And that is your most important job in this world. So take it as serious as a heart attack. Jess says we can't get a sex offender registry here, but they can throw every other law they want at us, even when we protest and object about it. Thank you. Very, very true. Point well taken. All right, my good folks, that's it for the program today. Um, I don't even know that we got through all the topics that we intended to cover, but sometimes we just roll them over. 
to uh, the next day's discussion. But we covered some good ground today. Celine says, don't trust anyone with your girl children. Don't trust anyone with any of your children. I'm telling you, boys are actually more vulnerable to abuse because they are more, more um, likely not to tell you. And they will be abused too. Don't t listen. Boys will be abused by men and women and anything in between. Do not trust any of your children, regardless of sex, male, female, whatever, with anybody. Linda says that's why we all voted in a new government for change. Now we have to support them <clears throat> when they make the change and hold them accountable when they don't do enough to protect Caymanians. And I really hope that at some point we can have um, this conversation with this current government. I'm giving them a minute to get settled in and to get their feet wet for sure. By the way, just as a community announcement, uh, the St. Vincent and Grenadines community here in the Cayman Islands, uh, a group of Vincentians, <laughs> Caymanians, um, who are working here have set up two bank accounts at Cayman National Bank to receive donations for um, humanitarian need that's been created as a result of the recent uh, volcano eruption in their country. So, I mean, the picture is, is horrific what this volcano ash has done to the country. I'm going to put the story here in the comment section. I believe they're both CNB bank accounts. Um, yes, there's a check-in, a U.S. checking, and a U.S. savings account, or a U.S. checking, sorry. So, folks, donate if you can. On tomorrow's program, I do want to speak to you all. I want to give you an update on the young lady who was looking for um, employment or got dismissed from her job last week. We talked about that situation at the eyeglass store. We have some updates to provide all of you. Uh, we might have an update on the Charles Whitaker situation, but probably more likely on Wednesday, that update will be forthcoming. And I want to talk about donations in general, helping out in the community and how we will try to facilitate that, you know, obviously as much as we can. So thank you so much. Uh, Larita says, so true, not even your own. Don't trust anyone. Absolutely. Uh, Punctus, thank you again. Uh, there is a lost passport out there. We posted that on the website yesterday or on Facebook, actually. Um, also, let me just mention that Teddy, the dog, is still missing in the Savannah spots in Newlands area. If you have um, seen or, you know, any dog that looks like Teddy, there's been a couple sightings of Teddy, folks. It looks like he is a bit skittish and a lot of dogs will be that way. They're just afraid of other people. Um, and so it will be hard to catch Teddy. He might be hungry. You know, he probably hasn't had food in a couple of days. If you see Teddy, offer him a snack or something that might allow him to come to you. But please contact this number immediately because his family is now very concerned. He has been missing for a number of days since April the 24th. And unfortunately, the longer he goes missing, the less likely this will end good for Teddy. So he has been spotted a number of times. He's probably foraging in the garbage, trying to find food. If you see Teddy, folks, please uh, call the number immediately. 
try to see if you could get Teddy to come to you. Cause sometimes dogs will come to you. I've, I've rescued, you know, I had obviously a dog and I've had dogs most of my adult life. And I always carry a leash in my car, like in the trunk of the car. I always have a leash in there because even for my own dog, if I'm out somewhere, but even when I don't have a dog, I carry a leash because if I come across a Teddy, I can put the leash around him and help him get into the car. So keep an eye out for Teddy. He's super cute and adorable and his family really, really misses him. And I hope that, you know, he can come home soon. Um, yeah. So hopefully poor Teddy will be soon home soon. Thank you, Louie. Thank you so much to Perla and all of you. I'm off to court this morning. There is this case with uh, Leon Gold. This is the one, the taxi, the alleged taxi cab rapist. So we'll be keeping an eye on that case as well to abreast, keep you guys all abreast of exactly what is going on there. We got to keep an eye on these things because trust me, if we don't, the DPP be dropping the ball. Once they know we're watching them, they're more likely to be a little bit better on the job. So that's one of the cases that we are following for you. And uh, there's always others of interest that pop up. So I'm going to jettison off to court and I will see you guys tomorrow. Please have um, a safe day. And again, our condolences are extended to the family of the young man who um, passed away last night. I see some people asking about details of what happened. I haven't heard of any specific details as yet, just that he was on his motorbike, which he does enjoy. Um, he did enjoy a motorbike. And I think he also was involved in jet ski racing. Very, very active young man. Um, and unfortunately, the car, there was a white vehicle that collided with him. Stay fo safe, folks, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.